Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. My name is Bree, and I have a small little girl gang here joining me today that I'm very excited. I have wanted to have a presents panel, and it is finally happening. So in the order that I see everyone on screen, I have author Bella Mason. Bella, thank you for joining us. Please remind everyone where you're joining us from today. Hey, everyone. I am joining you from Melbourne, where it's cold and early. <laughs> Uh, next, we have the Pippa Roscoe. Pippa, thank you for joining us again. Remind us from where you're joining us from. Hi, um, I'm joining you from Norfolk in London, in England, which is not in London, it's in England, uh, which is, is cold and dark because it's the evening. <laughs> and Amanda Cinelli, thank you for joining us, Amanda. Where are you joining us from? I'm in Dublin in Ireland, and we are having a storm right now Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Irish storm is probably very different to a texas storm or a australian storm but <laughs> similar to what pippa would get Imagine a storm <laughs> have you got the the really really high winds really high winds yeah, yeah. i've just had to put like huge giant blocks on top of my um bins to stop them oh, from coming yeah. open yeah. <laughs> they've given it a name but i forgot it already i think it's like storm ian or something <laughs> Give them cute names. <laughs> They're baby storms. <laughs> well, I'm happy you all are here. I have been, I, I've never, I said this on the podcast before, like I have not joined Discord, so I don't know how it works. But a fellow podcaster, romance podcaster that is on there is like, hey, people want to know about category. And I'm like, there's so much to know. And I thought one of the fun ways would just to be to like chat with the people that make it happen. And I just think presents is so iconic. It's like, well, we kind of have to start with presents. So I'm so happy y'all are here. So fill in the blank for our readers out there that may be new and like curious about category. If you like fill in the blank, try a presents. What would you say? Let's start with you, Bella. I'd say if you like um, contemporary romance, if you like rich or high powered characters or characters with trauma or tragic backstories, try presents. Ooh, okay. Thank you. Pippa, if you like fill in the blank, try a presents. So I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going to say if you like K-dramas, like Business Proposal, King the Land, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, um, and you want that kind of short, sharp read, then I'd say check out our Presents. Yes. Okay. Okay. Love that. And Amanda, if you like fill in the blank, try our Presents. Um, I would say if you liked Dynasty, but you wish that it was global jet setting with many different six foot tall hot billionaires <laughs> yeah. they are all, all over six foot it is it is true Every single one. <laughs> oh my gosh this was I, I don't know what I was expecting but those were all incredible thank you <laughs> I was like I was searching for I was like I in high school I was all about like e-news and all the celebrity gossip and drama so I had to do some little digging because I have not really been into that for a, for a while but I'm like let me find some headlines and just see how presents authors if they were to come across these your immediate like quick short spin so first one this one was interesting because I just read Amanda your latest book and my episode with my friend Dory comes out tomorrow where we 
loved it and chatted about it. But sperm donor makes shocking discovery, but make it present. So does anybody have like, we can make this a presents synopsis to turn into our editor? We can make that into presents anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We've all done one. (laughs) I haven't done one. I haven't done one of those ones. No. No, I was, I was, I was, every time I went to Sperm Donor Makes Shock and Discovery, it went really dark and I thought I need to step back from this one. That's not presents. I've been watching too many different things. (laughs) No, I'm staying out of the Sperm Donor one. The one I just did, The Forbidden, what's it, what's what's the title of my book? The Bump in Their Forbidden Reunion. (laughs) (laughs) What's it called again? Um, Yeah. Um. I don't even know. I didn't. I, you can tell I'm so prepared for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I would oh, say Sperm Donor makes shocking discovery. Um, his best friend didn't tell his wife that he had donated his sperm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's pretty. Bella, good. did you what? did you have one, Bella? I did. Um, so okay, mine was slightly more detailed than that. Um, I I did a. A billionaire CEO donates sperm somewhat reluctantly after his friend and his wife have trouble conceiving, knowing how hard it was for them to turn to him and wanting to genuinely help the best man he knows. He donates his sperm at a reputable clinic. Ten months on, he gets some news he least expected. There was an error at the clinic. His friends aren't expecting a baby with his DNA, but someone else is. The CEO of a rival company and the woman who hates him. Please write that one next. I know. <laughs> okay, Bella, I'll be waiting for the cover reveal for that. Yeah, we'll um, <laughs> I'll okay. save it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one. I love a bridesmaid story. So bridesmaid for hire makes up to 10K her wedding, but make it a presents. So I have a feeling that Rachel Thomas did a story about whether whether heroin was a bridesmaid for hire, but but I did knock up something for this one. Um, and it was, okay, neither as exciting as either of the two previous options, but bridesmaid for hire walks in on bride and groom mid dramatic showdown. Bride is threatening to walk out and the groom calls her bluff and offers the bridesmaid half a million pounds to be his convenient bride. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) The next one, and I know I came up with a bunch of them, but let's just I I really wanted to this one's kind of sad, but I wanted to get your all's take on it. Marilyn Monroe's home. So celebrity, maybe famous dead dead celeb, saved from the wrecking ball for now, following unanimous vote, but make it presents. I had I had more questions than I had answers for this one because I was like, who's who's voting? People in LA, Hollywood, Hollywood okay. people. I could, I could probably, I would think it would be, um, I would have like an eco warrior type heroine and mm. I would have an uber ruthless tycoon hero. And I would have it start with her like literally standing in front of the doorway, like, no, because it's like on some sort of a reserve. I like that, but what if, what if, direction. what if the rich guy is actually Marilyn Monroe's illegitimate son? <gasps> yeah. He wants, Ooh, yeah. He wants every memory of gone his famous parents torn down. 
And oh my gosh. Yeah. You you take tragedy and you take that's just presents in a nutshell. Mm. Just like the hero has a tortured reason and the heroine is like, I will put you back together. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All our heroes have like really tragic backstories and we just keep hurting them. <laughs> you guys do like to continue hurting your heroes. <laughs> yeah, but we do, we do save them at the end. You yeah, know, they, they are saved in the end. <laughs> okay, very, I think, classic presents, you know, we love the royalty in there. So last one, 10-day royal wedding is underway. Make it oh, I got something to that. Um, so I did a the th- okay. I just came up with these names on the fly. So, <laughs> um, the throne of Stanbordia sits bare after Princess Stefania's older brother abdicates, and her grandfather has to step down for health reasons. Stanbordia has never had a woman sit on the throne before, and to become queen, she must marry a noble. Billionaire Edward Shelberg, the illegitimate child of and only son of a count, had been shunned by his father for most of his life. He grew up away from the palace in a nearby town with his mother and built himself from nothing. He brings a proposition to Stefania. He will marry her so that she may be queen and have the full might of his company and business ties behind her. In return, he will be granted the title of king and not prince consort. And finally, he will have his revenge over those who shunned him and his mother. A 10-day wedding is underway to draw support for the incoming queen, but Edward is quickly learning that hurting the nobility will hurt Stefania, and he is forced to choose between his need for revenge and his burning passion for his wife. Oh, my. Very nice. (laughs) Very well thought out. I thought that one was going to be tough. I was like, I don't know. I had I only had ideas for three of them. And it was the sperm donor, the bridesmaid, and the royal wedding. The other two was like, I can't think of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so as writers and readers of Presents, what are some of your specific favorite tropes to read or write within the line? Uh, let's go backwards. Amanda, start with you. Um, I am just trash for a surprise baby, accidental pregnancy, one night stand type vibe. Yeah. It's my absolute favorite because I think it was one of the first kind of stories that I read maybe or... I don't know. It just imprinted on me. I remember it was the only ones I wanted when I was a teenager. (laughs) I wanted to just find the stories where it was like, you know, the kind of nerdy, you know, outcast heroine at a desk somewhere in a big company. And then she dresses up for the night and has a one night stand with the gorgeous hero. And then boom, she's pregnant. (laughs) I was just like, give it to me over and over again. Same story. I don't care. <laughs> I think so I love. I love. The, I love the secret. The the sec, the surprise baby or the secret baby. That kind of. I think it. You are guaranteed that these two people are going to be together, so they can be as like difficult and horrible to each other as possible. But you know that by the end of it, there is no escaping each other, and they will have worked through the kind of difficulties. But like, I yeah, I love the. Love it. Just I love when the hero is a complete playboy 
and he's like obsessed with the heroin and he's like it's just a fling you know we're gonna bang it out we're gonna bang it out of my system and okay, like, never see you again and she's like okay we're just having this thing and neither of us are gonna stick around very long and then it's like oh why do i feel so queasy why am i feeling sick all of a sudden it's just it's it's my favorite trope yeah yeah <laughs> and i don't care <laughs> but i think that's why i like the royalty as well and i think you know that kind of the royalty puts um so much kind of pressure and spotlight on the relationship that there's that kind of the personal side of the relationship and the public side of the relationship that um that I think I find really interesting reading and and writing yeah yeah I I really was not into the royalty romance until I started reading presents and I was like okay I get it I get why this is so good I think it's a natural, inherent, self-sacrificing aspect to the hero in the royal character, especially if if the hero is the royal character. That means that he can get away with quite a lot of awful behaviour because actually there will, or at least in the ones that I like to explore myself and read, there is that kind of, but I am doing this for the greater good. Mm. I don't know if it balances out the kind of, alpha alpha wholeness of some of the behavior yeah Yeah. i'm literally running a country (laughs) yeah i i don't like i like a royal romance if especially if there's like a reluctant hero a reluctant royal yeah like you know he really doesn't or she really doesn't want the throne but she's forced on it i like that because there's like the conflict feels higher is that yours, Bella? Was it royalty, uh, though? No, my, my favorite tropes are probably enemies to lovers or yeah. fake dating. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I like a second chance romance if it's really angsty. Yeah. yeah. Like, the more angst, the better. The deeper yeah. the betrayal in the past. Yeah. Mm. It's like, it, you know, you really question how on earth are they going to get back together? But you know they're going to be. Yes. But the the roller coaster is nice and I think the safety of knowing that they're going to be together at the end means that you can really enjoy the roller coaster Mm, (laughs) yeah you can really dig into that kind of trauma the tragedy the kind of difficult emotions and pull them all out onto the page (laughs) well our first presents title that I could find was Gates of Steel by Anne Hampson. I am trying to track down this book. That was in 1973. We are in 2024. Um, how do how does it feel for you all writing for, the, you know, we've seen so many lines come and go, but presents, I just feel like is so iconic and it's going to be, a, it's going to outlive all of us, I feel like. Um, how does it feel to be part of it? Amazing. And- like an honor. Yeah, it's like a real privilege. Yeah. Um, this I still find it hard to consider myself as part of the canon. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. to me, the canon is kind of so the ca- the the canon that sounds so poncy. I mean, but but I mean, <laughs> kind of like really historic names like Penny Jordan and you know Sharon Kendrick and Lynn Graham and um, and Mather and you know going just. It just, it's like a pinch me. Am I really, am I really part of that? Which is really amazing, actually. You are. It's a little surreal. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You're baby authors compared to them, you know. They're like on their one million bajillionth book. (laughs) I feel like I'm just 
Never even going to hit 20. <laughs> you are going to hit 20. Through every, every book is a surprise at this stage. I'm like, wow, I wrote another one? Well yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all I think we're all surprised <laughs> well we've touched a little yeah. bit on the heroes so far but I was like I don't think I've ever actually looked at like the right for Harlequin like the details for presents so a key element to presents is the hero who will command and seduce there's nothing in the world his powerful authority and money can't buy except the love of a woman strong enough to tame him so how do you like what do you all enjoy about crafting yours and like i mean y'all are y'all all like have these bibliographies now so does writing him has it become easier does it become more challenging uh pippa let's start with you definitely not like easier mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i i think I like to start with an idea of a character. So I don't think of him as the presents hero. I think about him in terms of how he's going to play with the heroine. I think I quite often come to presents via the heroine first and actually build the hero around her, like what would be both the best and worst for her to come into conflict with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quite, I, I've really started enjoying the characters that that think they have everything they need they think they're almost above love or above the heroine they don't need that in their lives and then basically I so I quite enjoy crafting that sense of superiority they can sometimes have just Mm. to really unpick it (laughs) bring them to their knees it's not it's not that I hate men honestly um it's it's just that I really quite enjoy that aspect of writing presents (laughs) Um, I think lately I've really enjoyed challenging myself to write as different of a hero as I can manage just for me. Um, I like kind of, like I love the tortured, traumatized, presents hero archetype. Mm, yeah. But I really enjoy challenging it as well. And I try to, I don't know, I kind of, um, I try and see how normal I can make him in certain in certain ways, and then how absolutely ridiculous I can make him. You know, <laughs> um, like giving them ridiculous jobs, giving them like parents who are just really um kind of out there and eccentric, and I like playing around with um just kind of their personality traits, and I like trying to surprise. The reader a little bit but not step away from the presents promise too much because I think that's the balance we all have to walk where our, yeah. our individual author voice kind of dictates how different our books are like we're all different flavors in one giant presents ice cream shop but it's like how how far can I push the reader yeah. <laughs> to accept mm. my heroes especially my my heroines I find are very love them or hate them but my my heroes, I'm, I try to have fun with them because I find the presents hero is like it's really fun to write because they are like they're so out there. They're they're beyond money and power. That's the whole promise of them. They can do anything. They can have yeah. anything except her love. Uh, yeah. you know, they have to work their ass off to get there. So it's like how hard or how easy are you going to make it for him every time? <laughs> I love that you said that because I feel like when I chat with friends about a presents like we just like talked about your newest novel it's the bonkersness 
of the heroes that make us laugh. Like we're, we're really saying that he was in one place and then he learned that his firm is being used and he's in another place. Yep. And it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he in his Lambo and he just drove through the snow. Why, why wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the, the heroes, the alpha, the alpha male, but like the bonkersness of like, Oh my gosh, I think it was a Lynn Graham, my first Lynn Graham. He's just like flying down in a helicopter and parking it in her yard. And I'm like, I remember this that makes one. total sense. Yeah. <laughs> I really remember that book. Uh, Bella, what about it for you? Well, for me, usually it starts off with a scene for the book. And then I just have this picture of two characters. Um, and I usually design my hero before my heroine. Interesting. Um, yeah and like I approach him as if I'm learning about a new person so it's like questions I ask myself what is he like what's his trauma how do I uncover him as a person because if I do that each person is different and each person is unique then the pressures are in creating a unique character because you know when you meet a person you don't automatically know everything about them you have to slowly learn about them um, so that's kind of how I approach my hero. And then I, I need a puzzle piece to, to fit with him. Um, and that's from that initial picture in my brain. I'm like, okay, well, we know this is a scene in the book. Um, how do, how does she compliment him and how do they fit into that scene together? And then we go from there. Mm. Yeah. And then I overcomplicate things when I have to name them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, question your entire existence about halfway through every time. <laughs> I I do so much research. I like go back. To, okay, he's supposed to be about thirty, so he should have been born around this time. And what was a popular name? Popular name in that place <laughs> around that time. So then I'll go find census data or something. Oh like my that. gosh! <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Okay, we're not just getting names on the page. They are doing a lot of research. <laughs> We were allowed to just give Prevent Heroes the most ridiculous names possible every time. I thought that was a rule. My hero's name is Apollo. Who calls their kid Apollo? Present Heroes. Present Heroes. <laughs> well, it is the home of the alpha male, but a Presents heroine is not afraid to stand up to him in her own way. Uh, I would love to hear one of your favorite heroines you've created and what was it about her that you enjoyed writing? Um, Bella, let's start with you. Um, I think maybe my favorite heroines that I've written have been Hannah from my second book, which was um, a secret pregnancy situation, and Lily from my third book. So with Hannah, I loved that she, like, she overcorrected. She was this quiet person got taken advantage of and then decided she was just going to be the like the person who went out and enjoyed their life and had sex and did everything she wanted to do because why the hell not and I liked that she was so unapologetically sexy and sassy um so I loved that about her and with Lily I loved her her kindness and compassion you know she was more innocent because she started the story as a virgin but her strength was in being good and kind when no one was giving her a reason to be because her, her father forced her into this arranged marriage that Julian eventually saving her from. Um, 
and he even questions us like why why do you try to be nice to everyone when like you really have no reason to be and she says that you know she wants to be better than that she doesn't want to be like everybody else um and i loved that strength in her character mm-hmm. yeah mm. uh pippa what about you um so i think i think i have two and they're quite different so i always, I always have two like um so uh, hope harcourt i think it's from my i think it's the book out that's that was out in december so last mm-hmm. month yes i just read that i love her Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, she, she was quite an interesting one for me because I think she she's kind of forced into this situation by her family who are all trying to basically get the kind of CEO position. And they're all men. And she's kind of ex- grown up expecting her brother to take it, but he can't. So she kind of ends up finding herself in this position where she's people are like really trying to take her down because it looks like she might get there. And she has to find it within herself that actually, no, this is something I want to do, but I want to do it my way. So I think the strength that she has forcing herself through the the story is is like really claiming her real sense of like destiny and proper, you know, sense of place and owning it in the way that she only she can. So I loved I loved that. And then um, Star Soames, who was from he's the middle heroine from my Diamond Inheritance series, is completely the opposite, like totally the opposite. She is a complete romantic and was quite an unusual character for me because I think I ironically find that quite hard, hard to portray the kind of real full hearts and flowers and sweetness and light Um, and like what I love about um, Star is that she doesn't do it blindly. She's not just like, oh my God, everything's sweetness and light and wonderful. She does it having seen some real darkness, but knows that she's decided to see hope and love and sweetness and light, if that makes sense. Can I can I just say that I love Star? Because I feel like I am Star. <laughs> I get that all the time people are just like you like other teachers are like you're just so positive and I'm like I'm holding on by a thread all the time but I just feel like it will not always be a complete shit show <laughs> I love that because I think that that's I think that's so much more powerful than just being someone who is sweets and hearts and flowers it's yeah. like no, I'm choosing to be this and actually that takes as much dedication and determination as anything else I've done so I also really love her because she literally just causes chaos everywhere she goes. Mm. And she has <laughs> no idea. She has literally no idea. She'll walk past the market stall and the whole market stall will just collapse and there'll be oranges like flying everywhere. And she'll just be like, la 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 la. And I just, I don't know how she came about. I feel like I create a lot of my characters, but I feel like she was given to me. She just came. She, she just, just came. Oh, I love that. What about you, Amanda? I feel like um, my favorite heroine is always the one that I just finished. And I wonder, is it just because I've gone through the hardship of a first draft and revisions and yeah. the edits and it's like rose tinted glasses <laughs> where I'm like, oh, they're the best couple ever. I hate the one I'm writing right now. Oh, um, <laughs> but, um, the book, so the book that I finished is coming out uh, this summer coming out it's the second book in my kind of formula one inspired series and it's called uh fast track fiance i'm so excited about this um, but it's a it's kind of a different one for me in that it's like 
enemies to lovers fake dating it's quite contemporary i suppose um but it still has like you know the most playboy of all the playboys heroes (laughs) who's like a legendary lover um but i love the heroine of that one because she is a formula one driver you know she's a well she's sorry she's an elite one driver yeah i can't say formula and she is you know she's so driven she is she has just like pardon the pun but she's got a one-track mind (laughs) obsessed with racing with training with being the best and with winning her first world championship which she hasn't done yet because she's quite young still I think she's is she 24 um and she was also the heiress to the company where the hero of this book took over her family's company her brother like gambled it away and this hero swooped in rebranded this historic company and she hates him (laughs) she hates him and he's her team of course he's her team owner and then she so she goes to like quit basically she goes to be like let me out of my contract and she kind of accosts him in Paris and they end up having this like scandalous kiss that gets photographed and they have to do a whole fake fiance (laughs) ridiculous and it is just they really work as a couple because they are polar opposites you know she is so rigid and driven and workaholic and he's just like this absolute suave diamond air playboy hero who has like the reputation of being like the world's grandest lover (laughs) like like there are sonnets written about this man (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so she kind of decides so she's never gone all the way you know she's always kind of held herself back because she's been such a workaholic and she basically is like I'm going to use this situation to my advantage and I want to sample my fake fiance's legendary Legendary. yeah so I loved writing her I loved writing that kind of vibe huh that sounds so much fun it was and it's like they, they kind of have to, because it's it, it's Elite One racing, they're jet-setting to different races. Like, she is in races. She's taking part. And then there's the whole danger of her job. Mm. His mm. uncle had passed away in a kind of a dangerous accident. And, you know, that's how we weave in the trauma. You know, we've got to get the trauma in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> also, I loved writing her because she's very obviously neurodivergent, kind of, to most people who would kind of be familiar with mm. autistic women. Mm. And then I kind of got to do the whole portraying what it's like to be an adult, discovering that you possibly have a reason for all of your difficulties and your quirks and your gifts. And then why you would choose to kind of label it or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of got to play with that a little bit. That's as really cool. So I love that you really, did that. I really enjoyed writing that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think you did that. What, what's really interesting is that each the three both the three of us all three of us use the word driven for our heroines yeah every mm-hmm. single one of them and I think that it's that drive that drive is so integral to making them the kind of heroine that can stand up to the presents hero but also almost like dare I say stand above the presents hero yeah like yeah. it's yeah Come with him. Thought, yeah <laughs> I mean, in a way, she is because she's the one thing that is money just cannot buy. Exactly. Yeah. So I I always think like, yes, it's the home of the alpha male, but the heroine 
runs the show. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. She yeah. she is the she's essentially the heart of the story, you know. It's like yeah. even at the end of the story, um, whether you have an epilogue or not, you know that in that relationship, she's still going to be the heart of that relationship. So yeah. her her strength doesn't end at a point, it just gets greater the longer that they're together. That's that's the feeling you have to leave with the reader. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think the presents heroine has always evolved as well, because like if we're talking about like those very first few in the 70s or in, into the 80s, like when you're reading them of their time, they these people were, were being written, these women were being written like with jobs and with, you know, defying the norms of their time and being extremely kind of out there and giving, you know, the women who were reading them uh, kind of a snapshot of like, you know, what they could be doing or yeah. where life can go and I think that was really important because I think sometimes people would see you know the presents heroine as being quite waifish and, and whimsical and silly and naive and like mm. they really when you read them of their time we're always pushing the boundaries kind of of society in the moment I think that's something that these stories do quite well and I think they do it because they're such safe vehicles for it it's escape. You, yeah, you're given the escape. The guarantee of the happiness and the security yeah. of the happy ever after, which means we can push those boundaries when when we should we choose to and we should we want to. Um but you get these you get that drive, you get these characters, you get these potentially kind of like forward thinking contemporary characters within yeah. within the safety net of they're gonna be okay. They can be like this. They're going to be happy. They're going to still get the happy ever after. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's a really quite amazing thing to be part of. And that happily ever after also makes whatever black moments you, you create um, bearable because you can push that black moment as far as you want. Mm. But at the end, you know, they'll still work it out. Yeah. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to break your heart at the end. You, you're going to get that satisfaction of that happily ever after well with it there it's being pure romantic fantasy with glitzy glamorous international settings to upstage even the swankiest of red carpet premieres i want to hear some of the behind the scenes either like rabbit holes or like how do you all <laughs> get yourself in the mindset to write said romantic fantasy um, i mean i've fallen start. down some serious rabbit holes <laughs> i was gonna say bella let's start with you go ahead <laughs> I just recently, with the book I'm writing at the moment, I, I fell down this rabbit hole of sailing yachts. And, uh, and then I was like learning about what a blue water yacht is versus other yachts and what wood is used and, and yacht varnish, which is different from other varnish. And it gets kind of insane. And with the same book, I also fell down a hole um, looking up pallbearers, and I just went down this how to prepare a body for funerals. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's that's further than I needed to go, so I should probably put my back. But then it got fascinating, and then you're like, oh shit, I actually really need to write this story now. I've got some time here. I really <laughs> want a heroine that's a that's like a a mortuary attendant. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, and how did we go from yachts to Paul Bears? <laughs> I'm so intrigued. And the, <laughs> the, and the funniest thing is I did. I, I fell down that rabbit hole only for like half a scene worth of information yeah. and not even that important. <laughs> uh, Pippa, what about you? Any, any behind the scenes? Um, I mean, I get really obsessed with like house design. I'm a bit like a house porn addict. Like I, I, I it's interior architecture, stylistic. So I get really obsessed with bathrooms and I get really obsessed with kitchens. <laughs> I wrote a hero whose house was like entirely like I was going through a concrete phase. <laughs> my, <laughs> my design appeal. I had just put um faux, faux concrete kitchen countertops into my own house with self-leveling compound. My plumber came and helped me. It was all very amusing. But I like it kind of bled into the book and then he's in this incredible like like masculine crane steel and concrete and and the hero and the heroine are having an argument and she's just like oh, I don't know anything about you you won't let me in all I know about you is that you have a love for concrete everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and I was like maybe that was actually like my my conscience coming out into my subconscious coming out into the book. Um, so that's, those are my rabbit holes. I can, I can go down a Pinterest, like interior design hole, like with every single book. Yeah. And then like the description of where they are is kind of like Bella said, like barely half a page. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's the first thing that gets cut when you've got word count. You're like, no one really needs to know that the interior of the like ensuite bathroom is like three quarters like marble with gold lighting and it's got and her sinks and it's like put and you know and the soap was from x1 bed and the towels are the fluffiest towels you've ever experienced in your life and the hot water jet comes out at like 35 psi or whatever i don't know <laughs> that's, that's where i go Imagine editors for being like you know this is great but we need to take some of this out <laughs> Just look, I just want to remind you that it is actually a romance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually just did, I had to look up the um, PSI for the ideal um, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> How many <laughs> bars of because I tell you what, there's something our alpha heroes like is their, their espresso and God help them. <laughs> exactly. And, and, I and he's Italian. <laughs> And this is totally because all of all writers just basically exist off caffeine and work. <laughs> like that's that's also getting into the alpha there is, is the coffee addiction. Is coffee in every single one of my books? <laughs> uh, Amanda, back uh, behind the scenes for you. What do you have? I've definitely gone down crazy rabbit holes and had like a half a page of detail. Um, cause I, but I think like I've always learned stuff from the presents that I've read and just romance novels that I've read in general. Like I learned just the most random information and I love those little micro studying type things. <laughs> you have a random <laughs> fact you can throw out. But I think for the current trilogy that I'm just finishing up, near, nearly finished. If my editor is listening to this, I'm nearly finished. I swear, I'm nearly done. We're <laughs> um, <laughs> book three. We're on a crazy deadline. Um, the I've... I don't know which came first, the book idea or the obsession with Formula One, because both were fairly close. <laughs> I, I watched that series Drive to Survive, 
and I got um, completely consumed. And like my dad has always been, my dad's Italian. Like he's, he's always been a Ferrari fanatic and he's always loved like motorsports. And I never was into it. I was always just like, meh, you know, zoom, zoom cars. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the actual show humanized it for me. And I seen like the, the athleticism and the drama and the scandals. And I was just like, oh my God, this is made for presents. What? the hell like I was obsessed from the minute I started watching that show and I plotted out an idea and I kind of flew it by my editor and she was like yes let's go let's go hard let's just do it and so I kind of I took the the research of the actual Formula One quite seriously because I knew I wanted like it kind of dictates the characters as well because there's a driver in this book um, and there's like owners and um, they're kind of connected with, um, you know, kind of family lines that are have been in these racing companies for decades. And but I, I always go too far with my research. Like I wrote a book about a, a guy who designed ships and I tried to learn how to design ships. And like I'm an author, not an engineer of <laughs> nautical engineer, a nautical architect. So, like, there's you no can be anything, that. Amanda. Yeah. but yeah. I love the, I love you I love using my research to kind of flesh out the characters so like these athletes like like I don't know if you're familiar with Formula One but like in terms of what they do it's incredibly yeah. difficult mm-hmm. um, and it's incredibly yeah. demanding and they're like they're they're noted as being like the most kind of under pressure and fit athletes kind of in perform in like um yeah because there's such g-force involved and you know i can get real technical i can get real impressive right now i can i can throw out some terms tire composition guys (laughs) well (laughs) i mean yeah they have to be extremely because i mean in 2021 max Verstappen had this massive accident in silverstone which was like a 60g accident and he walked away from that that's like that's insane that in my second book she (laughs) When accident in the book, and she walks away because she's amazing. Because she's <laughs> she's the heroine. Oh, I love it! Like it's made for presents. You're yeah. you're just you're you're putting the most extreme sport and then the most extreme romance line together. Yeah, so match, fun. match made okay. in heaven. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny it. that you got into it through Drive to Survive because, like, so I watch Drive to Survive, but every time I watch it, I'm like. Damn it! This is so over dramatized. Like the sport is so much better than this, and I get so because I'm like such a purist, and I get so moved at how no, it's like made into a show, and then I'll go message yeah. my friend and and just vent, and he's like, "That's why I don't watch." <laughs> like, Damn it! No, I'm here for the drama. I'm here. I barely watch races. I tune in for the very end of the races, and I'm like, "Yay! I'm a fan!" Oh yeah. yeah. I go back to the Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you said that because it feels like, well, in the episode that I posted that comes out tomorrow, my friend Dory watched the series and she became obsessed. So when she saw you, Amanda, post that this book was like Elite One inspired by Formula One, it was just like exactly what she needed, like a happy yeah. ever end, a happy ever after to this rabbit hole she has been down for years. So, yeah. and she said the same thing in the podcast. She's like, this sport is perfect for, for presents. She's like, they're jet setting all over the world. She's like, that is the presents hero. 
<laughs> I'm glad you, I still have never seen a Formula One race, but I am glad you are getting. <laughs> you need to. Oh my I gosh, know, the and I, I so heard. Good. I hear they're like building something in Austin. I think so. Like maybe I'll be able to go uh, like watch something. Austin, Austin already has a race. It's uh, yeah. so, Circuit uh, of the Americas. Yeah. Okay. A little bit dodgy. I don't like Las Vegas. No, I think we all have an opinion on Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. A presents hero would never, would never live in Las Vegas, okay? <laughs> well, ladies, uh, let's start with, let's go backwards again. Amanda, where can everyone keep up with you online? Um, I'm mostly on Instagram because Twitter is dead. Sadly. Um, and then I will be doing some TikToks if I actually get this book sent to my editor and I can actually promote my next one. Um, and yeah, that, that's it really. Instagram is probably the best place to keep up with me, which I don't know how much I'll be doing because I'm about to have another baby. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, congratulations. So I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I might have already had my child by then. I'm with child. It's not a secret baby, but. <laughs> <laughs> at the end but um, yeah so if if you see baby pictures and stuff on instagram that's just where i'm at give me peace <laughs> pippa what about you yes i'm on instagram um although it's not quite working for me at the moment which is quite frustrating but uh, that's a story for another time um but yeah so i'm um i'm i moved away from twitter i think well equally i got um i went down the political rabbit hole on twitter so that's that's completely separate <laughs> and it's far too late for us all to start talking about politics so yeah. yes um instagram would be where you can keep up with me and my website which is just brosco.com and bella um, you can keep up with me mostly on Instagram and Facebook because I cross post there a little bit on Twitter, but I I just don't like the platform. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm hardly ever there, but yeah, mostly Instagram. Well, thank you all so much for doing this. Um, it's been so much fun and I will have all of your links in the show notes. Uh, and thank you again for being here with me today. Thank you for having yeah. us. <laughs>